Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Arsketting coming to you live from chilly, chilly North Carolina as we've had a sudden burst of cold weather. Uh, still adjusting to the changing seasons as it been here for one full year now. And uh, from Florida where you have one season to now North Carolina where you have uh, all four seasons, it's, it's quite interesting to go back to that from having been in Louisiana and in Florida for so long. So, But I digress. Today we want to continue to go down our study and prayer journey of dethroning the, the thrones of iniquity within our lives and in the regions and the places God has given us the authority to deal with them. And yesterday we built upon and started with the fact that in Acts 17, the Lord has given boundaries and dwelling places for each of us in our individual lives. And we want to build upon that and ultimately stand where God has placed us. And the verse for today is Psalms 24, verse 1, where Scripture, David here tells us in Psalms that the earth is the Lord and the fullness um and all its fullness in some versions, and the world and those who dwell therein, or as we see here in the New American Standard, of the world and those who dwell in it, is a little different translation from the ESV here, and that Chuck points out in his uh, Future War of the Church, which is where I'm getting this from. And so we see here um, that the Lord has placed us in these places here, uh, for those who dwell in it. And, and the prayer point for this is just, it's very simple today. We want to build upon this from, from yesterday. It is God ultimately positions people throughout the earth to bring forth the fullness of his purpose. And ultimately today we want to declare that you, each of us, will see the full purposes of God in your life and to submit yourself fully to him anew and afresh and ultimately to declare that you will position yourself to receive that purpose, ask the Lord for revelation of his glory. As And the, the reason I, we're going down this right before the midterms is because we have to individually in the regions that we're in call out and cry out uh, in the spirit and the natural however whatever authority the Lord has given us to those in this region to stand up for God's will in the regions they're in, come these lo local elections to take the authority that they have. If it's if they're running for office, you know, God, give, give these leaders the wisdom and the authority that you've given them to walk out your biblical moral values as leaders, and then us as individuals and as the church to stand up and devote based upon biblical moral values to stand for things of life, marriage, simple sanity nowadays, <laughs> and God's view of 
sexuality, one man and one woman, as we're coming to a day where these things are continuing to be challenged uh, and something we really need to stand up for in this season. And that's why we want to just continue to stand where the Lord has called us and in the areas he's called us to. Okay, today in the news, kind of want to build on some things we posted about in the Pipeline Facebook group. Uh, for those who are on on podcast, we yesterday uh, posted an article about a breaking news story out of Japan where the citizens of the island of Japan were urged to take shelter um, given the fact that North Korea has launched a missile and ended up going over the island and landing into the sea, which is uh, very problematic. And the reason I want to point this out is because we here want to pray for the office of the president. Um, And Japan is our ally, and we have forces in Japan, so this does directly affect the United States. But the president of the United States, vice president of the United States, have said nothing. They, and and obviously I understand they have a lot on their plate, but at least say something to condemn this action um, from North Korea would be nice. I know it's easy for me to sit here and say that. Um, Obviously this comes off the heels of Vice President giving word vomit of saying that we're partners with North Korea when I think she really meant South Korea and the White House walking that back. But the statement being put out from the White House last night um, was from National Security Spokesperson uh, Adrian Watson uh, saying that the United States strongly condemns the uh, Democratic People's Republic of Korea, really North Korea, uh, dangerous and reckless decision to launch a long-range ballistic missile over Japan. This action is destabilizing and shows... Uh, North Korea's blatant disregard for United Nations Security Council's resolution and international uh, safety norms. Tonight, the National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan spoke with his Japanese and South Korea's counterparts. And in both calls, the uh, National Security Advisors consulted on appropriate and robust joint and international responses and National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan reinforcing the United States' ironclad commitment to the defense of Japan and South Korea. The United States will continue its efforts to limit North Korea's ability to advance <laughs> its prohibited ballistic missile and, and weapons of mass destruction program, including with allies and UN partners. So you're seeing um, Jake Sullivan being involved, which he's very problematic in, in any area he's been involved in, and then also you have... Um, who should step up is Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. Don't really see that here. So we just want to pray for the administration on this issue um, and pray for Jake Sullivan and the team there involved as we're seeing the president focus on other things uh, that could be easily handled by somebody else um, and not stand up and speak out still. Um to these actions by North Korea. And so we just want to intercede for the Biden administration to have the fear of the Lord when dealing with North Korea. Because uh, this not only affects Japan, this affects Taiwan, China, and uh, our allies there in those regions, our West Coast as well. Um, 
so something we, we really want to pay attention to as we're seeing that they're not fully publicly addressing this. Maybe behind closed doors they are. Uh, but just to give some self-assurance to the American people that, hey, you kind of have your, your thumb on the pulse, and right now um, they're showing they don't, uh, which is very alarming. And so we just want to pray for this administration, and, and hey, if this administration doesn't, let's pray for the next administration to be aware an understanding that having a nation such as North Korea, who by international standards um, is prohibited from developing these type of weapons, and yet here they are doing it again, just as Iran is doing the same thing. So you're, you're seeing some similar things happen here with Iran as well, some things we want to be aware of and pray about. Um, and then, yes, we as a family and a ministry are affected by this because of our if those who don't know, my older brother lives in Japan, and uh, he said it, it went over. They were they were warned in plenty of time, but if it hits, there's really nowhere for people to go. It's not like they necessarily have bomb shelters or anything. A lot of stuff in Japan is very tall because it's an island, can't go deep. And so the question is what happens um, in those situations, and they're, they're starting to figure those things out as time goes on. Okay. Yesterday, talked about how domestically here in the United States, as the Senate has gone home, Congress is, is going home, and, and it's campaign season, and you're seeing, you're gonna, and you're gonna start seeing, as you already are, especially in Georgia, the attacks on Herschel Walker. You're gonna start seeing other attacks on other people on the right, on the left, Republican, Democrat, as in Pennsylvania, John Fetterman is getting attacked for some of his past actions when he was mayor and a host of other things. That stuff is going to start popping off. And we also mentioned the fact that the Supreme Court will start hearing cases. And I want to point out two of those cases because I think they're going to be very important for coming elections, but then also to see where this nation lies on the upholding of of basic civility and laws in the coming days. And the first case I want to point out is the case involving Alabama and the argument around how the congressional maps were drawn in Alabama in the case of Merrill versus Milligan. And so to kind of break this down uh, from all the legal jargon is this is I want to pull this map up here. If you can see, let me blow it up for those watching via podcast, is there's this map that was drawn that in the eyes of the NAACP and an organization in Alabama, they're upset that there is, quote, only one black voting district, that of the 7th district here on the left-hand side of the map. And there was a map drawn based upon neutral guidelines where the results of this map came out. And it ended up going to the state lower court supreme uh, in Alabama where the court and two Trump-appointed judges that said that this law violated Section 2 because of the argument that the NAACP and, I want to get this right, the Greater Birmingham Ministries, which is a multi-faith community organization, which is quite hilarious to say that, 
uh, went to a federal court to challenge the map. And they're saying that the results of this map are racially biased. The problem with that is that Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act bars election practices that result in, in a denial or abridgment of the voting right based upon race. And what the NAACP and this greater Birmingham Ministries is saying that because the outcome of the districting maps being drawn didn't give us what we wanted, which was more black districts based upon race, then that means the process that you use must be racist in and of itself. With no evidence whatsoever of how they're coming to this understanding. If that's true, let's stand, I, would st I think any American would stand with them and fight with them on that argument. But the reality is they have to prove that. And the, those who drew the map are saying, argued then and are arguing now, is that, look, we, we agree with you in, on the understanding of Section 2. Is that, yes, there should not be racially motivated bias in how maps are determined. And the way we determined it was based upon neutral grounds on populations and demographics of the people of the state not looking at race. And so the argument now goes to the Supreme Court. And the reason I'm, we want to point it out today and pray for it today is because, number one, they're hearing arguments today. So we want to pray for the the justices to have ears to hear the arguments before them and the lawyers who are arguing this case to argue clearly and based upon legal standing, number one, uh, but also that this will have ramifications if ruled improperly for myriad of states and future rulings when this argument is being used in the future. Basically, if... A said party doesn't like the outcome, they can argue, well, based upon no evidence whatsoever, that things are done based upon race. And, and that's quite alarming <laughs> because there has to be authority and legal standing being used here to say, okay, if you're saying we're doing things that are, are racist... You have to show how what we're doing is what you're saying, what you're arguing. And, and that is not being, that has not been done in this case, number one. It's not being done now. And this case will hopefully decide that. And you're going to have, again, Kavanaugh and Roberts most likely be the deciding factors on this. Because Clarence Thomas um, and, and others are very clear on how they stand. And I want to read this last, this last quote from. I want to make sure I get this name right. Adam White, who's a senior fellow with the American Enterprise Institute, who said that ultimately a favorable ruling for Alabama would make it harder for people to challenge state maps, meaning that if the Supreme Court, and this is a quote from him. If the Supreme Court overturns the lower court's decision, that will reduce a lot of uncertainty around judicial review 
of districting because the people who want to challenge district lines will have to show clearer evidence of discrimination, intent, or effect. So judicial review will be much simpler because right now you can just say whatever you want and you can try to change things. Even a Trump appointed, two Trump appointed judges disagreed with the outcome of the process. And and it's been a huge issue for Louisiana as well. Um, if I remember right, Florida, North, I know North Carolina as well. We have problems with our state Supreme Court here. And then also, if I remember right, New York, New Jersey, and like Pennsylvania. There's, there's a few other states, but it could go on and on in other states as well. And so this has ramifications for other states. And we just want to pray here for this golden court case of Merrill versus Milligan where Today, they're going to hear the oral arguments. Pray for the justices to have an ear to hear clearly and rule in accordance to the truth and justice on this situation, simple and clearly. It will be hopefully made clear, um, and hopefully I'm, I'm explaining it well enough uh, that you guys understand it. And, and, and as I started studying this, these cases, um, th this has ramifications basically for injustice to come forward and, and no evidence to be presented if if this lower court ruling is allowed to stand. And there's no evidence that says, well, you're doing this. And in other cases as well, it's very problematic. And what would happen is you would have a lot of, especially in Louisiana, more specifically, you would have some congressmen and senators lose their seat because of this, and you would have more radicals come into office uh, who would be elected. Okay, hopefully I under presented that one well. The next case, big one to watch out for, and this one's quite interesting because this one goes back and forth on a lot, and the right or the left go back and forth on this, is the... Supreme Court will now hear uh, a case to challenge Big Tech's Section 230 liability protections. And in the, there's two cases that are being presented. The first is from the fa family of Naomi Gonzalez, a 23-year-old U.S. citizen killed during the 2015 series of Islamic terrorist attacks in Paris, where the parents are suing YouTube, uh, the parent company, um, Google, where they're arguing that the video, sh video sharing on YouTube's platform based upon their algorithm basically incited and allowed terrorist content and users to be inspired to join. And then there's also a second case that the Supreme Court has agreed to hear along with this challenging Section 230 where it is involving Twitter and the death of a 2017 death of a Jordanian citizen, Narwaz uh, Al-Asaf, during, again, another ISIS-affiliated attack in Istanbul, stating along the same lines that because of Twitter's lack of standards and dealing with First Amendment issues of speech, that inciting speech, hatred, violence, etc., they're not dealing with it and, and challenging the fact that they need to be held responsible for it. And their their argument is, both cases, is that, well, um, we can't really determine what happens and what goes on in our platforms, so too bad, too sad. 
the, the challenge here and the problem is, and this is one of the things we want to pray for the Supreme Court as well, is that you have those on the left in America specifically who are saying, well, they're not policing enough. They need to go further. And then you have those on the right who are saying, well, they're actually policing and they're going too far and they're also allowing such things as these two cases where you're allowing terrorists to stay up but yet you're going after people who want to speak about things that those on the left disagree with religiously. In reality, and you've seen this um, in Europe with the GDPR where they tend to take things more seriously as they're held more responsible in Europe and throughout the rest of the world. In reality, if Twitter, YouTube, and everybody were smart, they would just do a geolocator and say, like Netflix, say if you're in accessing from this portion of the world, block this type of content. Like You only get this type of content if you're in this region of the world. Um, That way they can adhere to each nation's laws. If Netflix can do it, YouTube and Twitter can do it as well. Um, But the reality is, is the Supreme Court needs to hear this case and hear it clearly. Um, and, I mean, there's, it's, it's, ha- it's hard to say that this is an, an easy black and white issue. This is a gray matter because the reality is is you're, because of the globalization of the Internet, it's, you have to determine which laws you're going to adhere to. Twitter is going to have, have to figure that out. YouTube as well. Um, and... In America, the question is, is do these cases have standing because they happened in a foreign land? Uh, is this the wrong place to bring up these cases? Is this the right case? I think there is an argument um, that's interesting in this is that they're not denying, in this case, they're not denying the fact that Twitter is actually, manipu- and Twitter and YouTube, and all they're manipulating this stuff. Because if you remember from a couple of years ago, Trey Gotti was one of the first people to really push this forward and deal, try to deal with this, and Ted Cruz and others have as well, of getting them to admit that they are actually deciding what goes up and what goes down. In this case, they're not defending that. They're saying, well, we do it so who... Oops. There's nothing we can do about it. It's quite interesting to see that shift, and that's part of Section 230. They have protections because they say they're ultimately basically like a newspaper... Um, they're saying they're not like a newspaper, excuse me. They're just a platform. They're the open square. They're the new public where anybody can say anything, and we're not the ones actually editing and determining what goes out. When we've seen history uh, in the last election and even now currently where they're deciding what goes up based upon their community guidelines, which change every day because there's a new letter of the alphabet um, that's added every day, and the gender alphabet, I should say. And so there's there's a, a lot of issues here, something we want to pray for, watch for. And this will be interesting if they deal with this because this is a huge issue is, look, you're attacking, you're, you're attacking those with religious values and, and censoring them, but yet you're allowing literally terrorist organizations to recruit. Um, there's also the fact that child pornography, pornography itself is, is allowed to be on it. And you're saying, well, it's okay for that to be out there, but but not this, uh, of th- people just speaking their First Amendment rights um, on their platform. So this will be a huge case 
um, to watch out for. And what's interesting is you're seeing more news organizations focus on the Section 230 case and not necessarily on the um, Alabama case, which the Alabama case has more ramifications for the future of this nation than does Section 230. Um, and then the last case, I'm going to close on this, this is a, a another positive case, something, again, we want to follow ahead of the midterms, is that there are now two more legal challenges to the Biden administration's policy or decision to cancel student loans, and which is quite interesting to see they're, they're starting to pile up. When initially this came out, we said it here is that, first of all, there is no legal standing for the administration to do this. Nancy Pelosi herself before said, this is quote from um, Nancy Pelosi, that it has to come, a, a loan cancellation must come from an act of Congress. And now she's obviously pivoted um, in now saying that it's a bold action to take a strong step in Democrats' fight to expand access to higher education, which there's... To say that higher education is the only way for people to go is is, is quite interesting because you... There are ways to get a job without going through higher education. And people should have the decision to make for themselves. They shouldn't be forced into one way. But I digress. And on this case, again, there is no, nothing has been done to forgive student loan, people's student loans. And they ultimately have, I believe, if I remember correctly, it's the end of 2023 to file for student loan forgiveness. And that's the deadline. <laughs> so you have until now until the end of 2023 to file for student loan forgiveness to sign up for this repayment plan option um, and ultimately nothing has been forgiven so it's a ploy to trick people into voting for Democrats because we're going to forgive your student loans but nothing has been forgiven um, and at the end of the day is I don't benefit from standing against this is that I like somebody like me who took out student loans to take a bet on myself in, in getting educated because that's for me personally I had a word from the Lord to do that and I don't think that everybody else should be forced to pay back my student loans and neither do the rest of the Americans and this is not a winning issue for the Democrats, but they're running on it because they, they're trying to appease to this younger generation who just wants handouts and wants to be coddled. But ultimately, at the end of the day, this is a huge issue. This goes along with that Bernie Sanders dream of if we go down the road fiscally of the decisions that he wants and, and in like manner, those who are in line with him, that it will cripple the next three or four generations. And so we want to continue just to pray intercede for the voters ahead of the midterms because who they put in office next will determine the next 30 40 years of where this nation is heading not only economically legally <laughs> uh, but spiritually as well to a degree and so we just want to continue to be on top of these issues as best we can praying for this nation the office of the president and for those who have the chance to stand up and vote for 
candidates who are going to stand up for biblical moral values and to see clearly in this next couple months of who to vote for and not to vote for as the heat has been turned up with the campaign season, attacks will be coming out, and, and really people will have to decide what future do they want and, and who will be their God at the end of the day. Do we, are we going to have the fear of the Lord in deciding in to vote? Or are we just going to vote based upon um, what our flesh wants? And so I'll close out with that. Uh, again, uh, I will be here each and every morning at 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central, standing, praying on the wall for the office of the president, giving news briefings. Um, I will not be traveling to Israel, uh, but most of our ministry team will. And we'll be doing occasionally some videos from there in the land as usually when they go on the tours at certain sites they pray um, they'll probably be getting some prophetic I would imagine while they're there in the land um, and so we'll be we'll be putting out some videos throughout the next week or two and if we do anything online we'll let you know we're still planning that out based upon the people who are going to be in Shreveport for noon prayer so pay attention to our socials um, and hopefully you just enjoy this next couple weeks uh, spending time with the Lord, uh, even though we may not be on every day and pray for um, pray for the team there. Just stand for whatever the Lord's put on you got your guys' heart. If you have any dreams again, let us know. Probably be slow in the next couple weeks of giving interpretations as most of our team will be out. Um, but we'll do our best to try to get the interpretation back to you and stay with you and pray with you as well. So blessings, and I'll be back tomorrow praying and, and breaking down the news for this nation and the office of the president. Blessings, and I'll see you guys later.